there, and welcome to another episode of GradCast, the official radio show and podcast of the Society of Graduate Students here at Western University. I'm Vicki Telios, and I'll be one of your hosts for this episode. And I'm your co-host, Liam Clifford. And today we're happy to welcome Ashley Gerud to the show. How are you doing, Ashley? Hi, everyone. I'm doing good. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Awesome. So nice um, to be so nice to finally have you, Ashley. Yes. Um, we, we, we've worked vociferously to get you on, so I'm <laughs> delighted it finally achieved fruition. Um, what's, uh, what, what, what's, what's been going on? I mean, I know where we sort of introduced you as um, a recent graduate of the Pedorthics and, and Kinesiology program. Um, what, are you, what are you up to now? Um, so now, I actually just recently, uh, so I finished my pedorthics program. So it's typically, it's a year program after um, I finished the kin graduate degree or kin bachelor's degree. And um, I just took my uh, national board exam uh, last night, actually. <laughs> um, so in uh, taking that, um, this, I took the first uh the first half of the board exam, um, which is a written exam yesterday, and then just waiting for the results so I could do the practical exam. But um, in the meantime, what I'm doing is I'm working at a clinic, at a pedorthics clinic, which is actually the same clinic I did my practicals in for the year. And I got hired like at the end of the summer. So I'm working there as like a candidate now since I'm not uh, certified yet. But once the um, the exam goes through, like the written and the practical exam, this goes well. I'm hoping it's all a, a good pass for me. Then I'll be certified and I'll be a certified pedorthist come around like New Year, January, New Year. Yeah. Awesome. Well, congratulations on finishing that exam. Um, so just a little bit about um, your program. So the pedorthics program, tell us about um, what that job entails. So after graduation, what can you be um, expected to do? Um, so after graduation, um, I got uh, pretty lucky because I started working um, even after I was done the program and while waiting for my exam results. Um, some some people, you know, depending on how, you know, uh, if they are able to get a job, they can either uh, hold off work or wait until after they get certified. But um, so the job essentially what it is, is I so we work with patients. Um, so we work in a clinic. The clinic that I'm at right now is um, a clinic that has a so we're able to do assessments with patients uh, we're able to uh, work with them and they come in with all kinds of problems like lower limb problems which is um, what like the profession is like we are experts in lower limb care and uh, we assess them and the assessment typically uh, looks like it's like a, bio, a very hands-on assessment so it's, we look at their their bio, biomechanics and their gait and based on uh, why they came into the um, clinic for, uh, we uh, assess them for a proper treatment that would be able to uh, benefit them. And then from there, uh, we can do, we also like have like a footwear, uh, like it's a footwear clinic as well. So we're also experts in orthopedic footwear. So um, it's not like a thank you or a sport check or anything like that. It's just a little bit more, um, uh, tailored to uh, the orthopedics, like the, or the biomechanics of, of someone and helping them walk a little bit better. And we also fabricate and design orthotics. So we have an on-site lab. So um, that's actually a, a huge part of our job is to uh, design and fabricate. So we make orthotics essentially from scratch, which is pretty cool. It's my favorite part of the job. So um, a day-to-day, -day, you know, we see all kinds of patients and uh, we either do assessments or we are in, in the back, like uh, designing and creating uh, their orthotics. 
Um, and then there's also a lot of administrative work in the meantime, but that's essentially what the, the job entails as a nutshell. Very good. It's, it certainly sounds like an all-encompassing role dealing with, with multiple facets um, in, in, in any clinic, for, for lack of a better term. Now, I, I hear oftentimes the term orthotic come up, but I've also heard the term orthopedic come up. Could you perhaps explain the difference between these two terms and what they both, I guess, represent? So, yes, uh, it's a good question. I don't get that a lot. Um, so orthotic, um, the term orthotic is um, a device. So orthotic is a medical device uh, that is used to, there's a, there's a lot of different goals that an orthotic device can do. So what it is, it's, uh, it's an insole, um, essentially it's an insole that goes into your shoe and um, it helps, <clears throat> excuse me, it helps to um, aid in uh, supporting uh, the person's uh, alignment and to be able to treat the person's alignment, to be able to um, offload or redistribute pressure um, in someone's um, ambulation. So it has, it's a, their term orthotic is just a med medical device that we insert into a person's shoe to be able to um, help them with uh, whatever goal it was that we um, are setting out for that specific person. So that's what the orthotic is. Orthopedic, it's uh, a term. So that term is mainly used in our in our um, areas for like orth orthopedic shoes. So um, what that means is just uh, a shoe that is uh, uh, friendly um, in terms of like, su like supporting the foot. So we want to be able to, so we do a lot of biomechanical, you know, work and we, we want to be able to uh, make someone's biomechanics and, and, and gait and um, their ambulation to be at tip top shape. So uh, the term orthopedic shoes just essentially means um, a shoe that is tailored to do that. So it's tailored to be able to uh, work with someone's biomechanics and also be able to treat them depending on what sort of, you know, ailment that they may have. So um, that's essentially what that means there. So when you're talking about your, your role as a whole, it seems very holistic in terms of the lower limb. And I'm just wondering, because you do have your background in kin, and so I'm sure you're aware of all of the other um, healthcare professions that are within that field as well. So thinking of like a kin degree or like a kinesiologist and a PT and an OT, how does um, orthopedics and being a pedorthic um, sort of fit into that healthcare team? Yeah, so um, the really cool thing about pedorthics, it's it's very specified. So a lot of professions that you can, or a lot of health professions um, that you like think about like right away when you think of like a, someone who has a kin degree, uh, for the most part, it's more so like a general um, like scope, a general uh, practice, whereas pedorthics is very tailored and specified to the lower limb. So um, literally everything that one can know about the lower, from the hip down, we know. And it's not even just about like the anatomy, but it's also, as I, as I said before, the biomechanics. Uh, we look at the physics of it too. Uh, we also look at any sort of device uh, that could be able to help anyone uh, that may have any sort of uh, misalignment or developmental um, you know, uh, issues or disorders that um, are that um, incorporate the lower limb. Uh, so we work with like bracing and like um, like ankle braces, knee braces. We also work with all kinds of patients, like MS patients, uh, patients with Parkinson's, you know, things like that. So um, with pedorthics, uh, and then pedorthics compared to like other health professionals, it's just we're very um, tailored and we're trained extensively to be able to look at the uh, the the lower limb and to be able to uh, work from there to be able to make the patient um, have a you know a, a good life in terms of you know 
um, like walking because walking is a huge part of our life. So we want to be able to make sure that that's in tip top shape. And we actually do work with other professionals too. So we work with physios a lot. Uh, we work with doctors, uh, specifically like general practitioner doctors. Um, so uh, it's uh, with healthcare, it's not just one person that we're, you know, when a person comes to look at their health, it's not just one person that they're looking at. They're looking at a whole team and we work with other professionals too to be able to help one patient uh, have a, a, a good experience there so yeah it's, it's very interesting to see sort of the intersection of multiple different um i guess healthcare related fields you know that's not something that i ever thought about and how how much crossover there actually is now you talked about the specialization and i mean as grad students and former grad students we we know our niches more than anything but what attracted you to 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 this particular field what was your catalyst so I knew for sure that above anything else, I wanted to work in the health field. Um, now, what part of the health field? Oh, I did. I, that took years to uh, figure out. But um, mainly I knew that I wanted to do something that was uh, that had incorporated a lot of like um, some like sports aspect to it. At first, I wanted to become a physiotherapist, which is really like a lot of, you know, can uh, uh, grads end up becoming physios, but I wanted something a little bit more like focused on one thing because I didn't want to, um, I liked the idea of being an expert in one area and I didn't actually know about pedorthics until like, like maybe eight months to 10 months before I graduated Ken. Um, it wasn't until like one of those, you know, grad symposiums that we have like in school that I, I saw it and uh, I shadowed um, my current manager now actually uh, to see what it was like. And uh, the second that I saw that it was like, you know, there's a niche, um, I that I fell in love with that. And I like the hands-on aspect to it because I'm a very visual and uh, hands-on kind of learner. That's how I, I'm able to learn more. And the fact that there is a hands-on part of this uh, program because it's online, but but also there's a practical component to it. So the fact that I was able to actually dive deep right away into the work while also learning about it, like um, in school, uh, was what attracted me to the program and to the profession because um, I get to be creative, I get to use my hands, I get to work with different kinds of people um, and also other kinds of uh, um, health practitioners. So that's really what uh, drew me to it. That's awesome. And so Going back to the postgraduate program, so walk us through what that was like. So going from a kin degree to uh, this program, what sort of aspects did you have to do? Was it mostly course-based? Um, was there a practical aspect? That sort mm -hmm. of thing. Yeah, so for the pedorthic program, um, they can only they only accept kin students as of right now. So um, you have to have a kin degree first, which I was in. And then um, the application process is similar to most application process for any postgrad or degree like grad schools masters uh you have to you know do that uh the uh the cover letter that you have to do i'm, I'm sure we all know what that's like and applying to every school uh but with uh pedorthics um since there's only western is the only school that does it in canada um western is the only school i apply to and um the it's a year program it's 12 months and it's an online uh course based uh uh, program so we weren't put in like a class setting it was more so online and then while doing the online uh, we also had practicals so because it was a year program there was uh, three semesters um, each about four months each 
Um, and then we had like different modules for each practicum. So the first module was like an assessment module where we focused more so on assessing patients. The second one, I believe, was like a footwear module where we focused more on trying to be trained for footwear. And then the, uh, the last uh, semester, the last module was orthotic based. So now actually trying to uh, designing and fabricating orthotics. And that was the biggest chunk. And uh, there were certain hours allotted to each one. So uh, while we were also learning and doing classes uh, for each semester, uh, uh, we were also doing uh, the practicals. So we were in clinic and uh, we were able to uh, work with podorthists, like certified podorthists, and shadow them and learn the business or learn the profession uh, while we were also learning it in, in our books. So that was pretty cool because they were tailored. Each class was tailored to the module. So that was really what I loved about it. And um, as, as soon as, and then you had the option of like going to different clinics for each module. I wanted to stay in London because I, you know, I'm a Western Mustang, so I had to stay here. <laughs> and I stayed there all three semesters uh, for the three practical sites. But you had the option of going to different ones because I know some people went to like BC, for example, for one semester, and some people went to Quebec or some people went to other places, Ontario. So, but I chose to stay in London. So, yeah, that's how that worked there. It's it's very good. Like I said, I th I think it I think it really seems like an all encompassing program, right? You know, incorporating the theory aspect, but you know, equally important the practical side of it. Now, it almost seems like you got to jump on the online learning. I mean, everyone right now is 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 attempting to adapt to an online world. How do you find your experience went with regards to what everyone is going through now? Did you feel like you like you retained a lot of the knowledge that you learned? Um, yes, I think so. Um, I gotta say it wasn't easy. I mean, uh, you know, going from spending the last four or five years to like in, in class and like learning in class to now going 100% online was, is a, was a, a learning curve that I had to jump through. But uh, slowly but surely I was able to do it. Um, I was, you know, like trying to transition from that. It was like what I had to do was just had to like kind of find time you know because you're, you're it's on you to be able to like keep up with things um so um about i want to say about like halfway through i was able to then be comfortable with doing things online um i don't think that the learning experience for me personally was different online versus in person uh luckily the professors were just as engaging just as um you know present uh online versus uh in in person and i got again really lucky because one of the professors actually was actually my supervisor for one of my practicals so um i was able to about to talk with her not only like online but also in person so um i think that learning curve was definitely there it was definitely tough at first um, but I got through it. And then with COVID, um, everyone else got to jump in on what I <laughs> was going through. Um, so I could definitely appreciate what, uh, you know, everyone else is going through with learning online. But I thought it was, it was, it was, wasn't easy, but it was, I wouldn't trade it for the world. I don't regret it at all. So. Yeah. To, yeah, to follow up with Liam's question. Um, so in terms, so you found that um, when you were taking the classes online, like it was difficult, but obviously it worked out for you for everybody um so when interacting with your cohort did you find that was a little bit difficult or was there that sense of community that you know existed within undergrad and the kin program like did you see did you see that same community within uh the pedorthic program 
Yeah, and that was actually one thing that I was worried about too, especially because the number goes down. I think this year we had about 20 students in the program. So um, it's not a lot. You go from hundreds to not 20. And then with also not everyone being in the same city, you can, you're not seeing anyone, not seeing everyone in person. So I was worried about that. But we were, um, I, like our cohort, cohort was very uh, inclusive, uh, very present with one another. You know, um, a big part of our program too also was being engaging in forums. So our professors would have all these questions that would engage the collective group and then through that we would have all these conversations not only about the pedorthic profession and the class and the education but also even outside we would talk about our own experiences in our practicums so uh, that was actually uh, very surprising for me because I did not think that I was even gonna I honestly thought I was gonna be lonely because I was like oh I'm not I don't have anyone to talk to um, about it in person, but it was very good. Um, and I'm glad that uh, it, it was the way it was. And I actually had a student um, on who's in the my cohort who, again, I'm really lucky this way, she ended up being in the same clinic as me for my practical. So um, I was lucky in that way too. So um, everyone was, was great. And um, I've actually made a few friends too off of it. So I don't think the online presence really changed much. It was different, but it was still good. No, that's, that's excellent. And I mean, I, in, in, in an era of isolation, I think a lot of people um, are, are missing that presence as, as you've alluded to, which, which is so, so, so very important uh, in any program. Now, your experience has sort of provided an interesting point of comparison because you've experienced um, life at the clinic before the virus and life at the clinic after the virus. How have you found your ability to treat patients has changed with a global pandemic wreaking havoc on the world? Um, it's definitely hard. This year has proved to be a huge challenge for anyone, no matter who you were, no matter what you're doing. Um, working in a clinic, especially working with someone's health, is, uh, is huge. So when the pandemic hits, you know, with the lockdown, we also locked down as well, our clinic locked down, and then now coming back to uh, practice, it was, um, it was very different. I'm we're still learning to this day how to be able to work with um, <clears throat> with with it, you know. So in terms of like patients, like like our our um, uh, patients uh, coming in and then seeing us and then our rapport with them, it was uh, definitely pretty tough to do. But um, uh, you know, the transition it was was very smooth. Like you know, the whole PPE stuff was one thing that we had to juggle over, um, you know, our, our patients, uh, for the most part, they were very good in uh, keeping up with guidelines, you know, with the Middlesex guidelines, and uh, being able to, for example, like coming in with a mask kind of thing. So um, we've had to change, for sure, a lot of things like how we are running our assessments, how we're running our business, how we're running, um, you know even ourselves like how we're presenting ourselves and everything like that so um it's definitely a challenge but i think it's something that we're it's going to be such a norm now and we've kind of gone to that point where it's become our normal so um you know we're it's we're, we're just kind of you know riding the wave as they would say all the time you know so <laughs> <laughs> um so i think uh, definitely at the beginning it was very tough but we've been able to go like uh, through with it very nicely and the patients are very good too i really thought that they were going to be very you know troubling i mean i get it but um they were pretty good too so i'm glad that it went the way it went and you know we're just gonna ride the wave <laughs> <laughs> So I have a bit of a naive question, I think. Um, <laughs> I'm thinking about um, just your patients coming in and um, 
figuring out that they need orthopedics or that sort of specialized care in the lower limb. Is that something that the patient can go and request on their own or do they need to be referred to by a PT or a family doctor? Um, I just want to think of how like this community works together in order to provide this care to, to patients. Mm-hmm. Uh, for the most part, I'll just speak to like my what our clinic, what kind of patients we get at our clinic. So for the most part, I'd say about like maybe 80 to 90 percent of the people we get are referrals from doctors or uh, chiropractors or other health like physios um, uh, for the most part, because not many people really know that you can get um orthotics like custom orthotics or you there is this service that exists like it's it's been here for like about 30 years but not many people really know about it so for the most part we do get referrals and then we have also some people who do come on their own like they for they see i don't know like a like marketing ad or you know word of mouth from family or friends who've been able who've gotten service from us so um we got that too but for the most part we do get referrals um we have like with um, so I work at Bioped, that's a, the clinic I work at. We have a very good um, relationship with a lot of doctors at the Victoria Hospital here in London. So um, a lot of the doctors do know if there's something that, uh, you know, that would benefit their patient uh, in terms of pedorthic care, then they send them to us. And then same with physios and um, and uh, chiros or any other like professional or health professionals so um it's just more so i think that kind of relationship um if you build relationships with other health professionals you get more patients um which is good and then the word can get out that we do exist you know we're uh you know a healthcare professional that i uh, can you know can help you in whatever whatever way possible so um yeah so if a patient wants to see us we get most mostly referrals but sometimes on their own you know it really depends yeah it's, 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 again, I, I think it's interesting to see how you sort of see a formation of a chain of relationships that get the patients the referral they need and then actually get them the attention that they need in order to, um, to, to rectify whatever they're going through at that point in time. Now, like lower limb health is not something I've ever thought about. I, I you know, I don't want to speak for anyone else, but and and maybe this term might turn into a sermon, but why would you recommend to someone to look after the way they move? What of what benefit is it to them to 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 take care of that? Yeah. So a basic human function is moving. You know. So we it's it's something that's so you know like such a human thing to do um that we forget that it's something that we need to do you know like we need to like walking um being able to run you know for you know for and depending on who you are you know like something as simple as walking or running or anything that is is vital to you know who we are as as people so um it's it's something that's always forgotten about you know uh something we take for granted for sure i mean i did before i even knew about this but uh yeah taking care of your lower limb health um is is i would think is very important uh because you know if if you want to be able to really do a lot of the things that we do in our day-to-day you want to be able to do that uh you know uh in, in a healthy manner um, in, a, in a way that won't, won't develop into something a little bit more debilitating or, you know, um, and enabling like in the, like in the future as we grow up. So we want to be able to, um, so I think taking care of, uh, of your, of your lower limb health um, can be able, can be beneficial for anyone. And you don't have to have pain or, you know, or any sort of like actual problem to 
seek out that help. You know, I think uh, everyone should, you know, take care of, of their body, whatever, whether it's lower limb, upper limb, whatever, um, regardless, uh, outside of pain or any problems or any conditions or any disorders or anything like that. And so that way we can be able to live a healthy life. So uh, lower limb care, I always say it starts, and this may be biased, I always say, you know, health starts at the feet. If the feet are happy, then everything else will be happy. So um, that's, that's what I think. That's my personal opinion, though. <laughs> so. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> um, I'm wondering, so something you mentioned earlier that really piqued my interest was um, discussing the biomechanics of your movement and how you can do that at the clinic and sort of see where the problems arise. Um, do you mind going through a little bit of the methodology that, that you use the biomechanics for to maybe measure, is it, are you measuring gait or something like that? Yeah, so our biomechanical assessment, so uh, we, we look at, well, we first started looking at the range of motion that's available in your lower limb. Um, and then from there, we then go look at the, uh, the gait assessment. So uh, when we are looking at, when we're assessing the lower limb, we want to look at this whole picture. So um, we see, we, we get like clues from like the hands-on range of motion, and then we use clues from the biomechanical aspect of it. So we watch you, we would watch a patient walk. And then there's uh, based on, you know, all those clues, then we can formulate like a treatment plan. So the biomechanical part of it, um, there's a lot of science behind it, but we just like, so we, we learn how the muscle moves um, in a specific area of the leg and then we know how it acts and if the patient has like a problem in a certain area then we can understand um, okay so they're walking this way that would explain why they're having this kind of pain um, and then uh, from there we decide okay so for this specific person we can do this specific treatment for you so everything is very much tailored to uh, that patient and looking and then just like remembering all our, our like our sciencey education that we have uh, we can use those clues to be able to help that patient uh, directly and specifically so mm -hmm. very good now what would be what would be a particular cause for concern for someone who perhaps should seek medical advice on the biomechanics of their lower limbs is there is there any sort of red flags so to speak that people should be looking out for i think um well, if you, if I think for people who have any sort of disorder that affects their gait, so um, as I said before, like we work with Parkinson's patients, MS patients, um, like things like that, uh, those kind of those kind of patients would be good for them to seek out um, uh, help from us or physios or anyone, so that way we can make things a little bit easier for them. But then also for um, athletes too, because they go through a lot of um, high impact um, force, you know, through their you know respective um, athletics. Um, and then for just like the everyday person, you know, if you're if you're getting any pain or any sort of um, like trouble or uncomfortability anywhere in the lower limb, then that'd be good to, I don't know, to seek help. If I have a pain somewhere, I'm going to want to know what's going on. And then you go to whoever you can to be able to, um, to help you with that. And then we'll go from there. So, um, you know, for me, I just say like, if you have any pain, that's the first thing. If you have any pain or any trouble anywhere, then you seek out help. And then for anyone who has anything affecting their ability to walk or ambulate at a much more efficient or less painful way, then, I would say seek out help or to just even talk to us because there's a lot of things that we can educate the general population about and then you know they can use that information to do what they would want from there but it's always good to just get that sort of um advice from someone who knows what to do you know from there so yeah so we are starting to wrap up right now but actually before we go i do like to ask one question um and that is what was your favorite part of this um of this journey of this program 
my favorite part would have to be um the the patients honestly i i I just being able to see all different kinds of people from all walks of life and then to be able to use that um into my profession by thinking creatively and thinking outside the box to be able to help them because we get all kinds of people with all kinds of problems so i think the 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 meeting different people working with different people and then uh just just being creative just using my 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 mind because every day is different and i love that aspect of it so um i love how um, every day is there's no blueprint and we can be able to um, help the general population too so that's what I that's my favorite part of the, the whole program and profession well it's it's one thing to talk the talk but you certainly do walk the walk as well if you can pardon the pun so thank you so much for coming on today mm-hmm. thank you very much thanks for having me I'm glad that we had this time to chat <laughs> This has been GradCast, the official radio show and podcast of the Society of Graduate Students here at Western University. I have been your host, Vicki, and today I was joined by co-host Liam. We've been speaking with Ashley today about our episode, and it has been produced by Laura. If you would like to be involved with the show, don't hesitate to email us at gradcastradio at gmail.com. You can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at gradcastradio. To listen to us, you can find us on the radio at Radio Western 94.9 FM. You can find all of our archived episodes on our website at gradcast.ca, as well as on podcast apps such as iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. As well, you can now watch selective podcasts on our YouTube channel at Gradcast Radio. Thanks so much for listening.